What's up, everybody, and welcome to Tables, Ladders, and Chairs, the podcast. Joining me today is my wife, Michelle. With Sunday being Valentine's Day, I figured this week would be the perfect week to have her on. Michelle joins me today to talk all things happening this week in the world of wrestling. Plus, we preview NXT TakeOver Vengeance Day. And in the spirit of Valentine's Day, we'll do a top 10 list of the best wrestling love storylines in history. All that, plus so much more, right now on Tables, Ladders, and Chairs, the podcast. It's Friday, and that means it's time for another episode of Tables, Ladders, and Chairs, the podcast. I'm your host, Brian Chairs, and on today's episode, my wife, Michelle, joins me. We're celebrating Valentine's Day a little early, but we're going to talk all about this week in pro wrestling. Plus, we're going to preview NXT TakeOver Vengeance Day. We're talking AEW, SmackDown, her thoughts on Edge and the Royal Rumble, and so much more. But before we get to that, I want to do a little bit of housekeeping first. Um, I want to start out by saying thank you so much to Vlad. Vlad was on the podcast last week, and he dropped some knowledge, not just for wrestling fans, but for wrestlers too. Uh, You know, I love the way Vlad thinks. He doesn't think like most fans. And, uh, you know, partly is probably because he's in the business and he's a little smarter than all the fans are. Um, But you know what? I think that's great. And just the way that he looks at the business and thinks about the moments you hear him talk about the moments uh, a lot last week. And that's really what wrestling is about, the moments. And, you know, sometimes I think fans, us as fans, myself included, get too wrapped up in the match and the match quality. And we don't enjoy the story and the moments. So if you haven't checked it out yet, episode six of the podcast last week was with Vlad. And uh, it was a good one. So go and check it out. Um, also last week I said that millions of people were watching wrestling on Wednesday nights. It was pointed out to me that it's only about 1.3 million people who watch wrestling between NXT and AEW. Um, uh, I said millions, apparently to some people, 1.3 isn't millions. I guess 2 million is millions. Um, so I stand corrected on that, but still 1.3 million people are watching wrestling on Wednesday nights and that's a good thing no matter how you slice it up um also last week I mentioned how Anthony uh who was on episode five uh our Royal Rumble special predicted that Bianca Belair would win the Women's Royal Rumble and she did um but it was also pointed out to me again that my buddy Jose who was on episode four of the podcast he also predicted Bianca winning the Rumble uh, a few weeks before the Royal Rumble dropped, the Royal Rumble episode dropped. So he wanted to, to get his praise. So Jose, buddy, if you're listening, you did also predict that Bianca would win the Royal Rumble. And I will say you did it before Anthony, but that's just because you were on the show before him. But either way, buddy, you got it right. So thanks for listening and thanks for um, letting me know that, you know, reminding me that you also predicted Bianca winning. Uh, speaking of Bianca, she came from NXT last year, and we talked a little bit about the millions of people watching NXT and AEW on Wednesday nights. And I do want to say that NXT um, needs to move nights. Uh, I love NXT. I love Undisputed Era, Adam Cole, Finn Balor, uh, 
you know, Pete Dunn, uh, <laughs> Birch, Birch and Lorkin, or as I call them, one E and two E, um, you know, they, they have a great carrying cross, you know, Champa Gargano, they have a great roster of guys and, and girls too. Shotzi Blackheart, Ember Moon, Tony Storm, like really, really talented people. But when they're on, on Wednesday nights, it's very, very hard for me to watch. Uh, we talk about it in the interview with Michelle a little later. Uh, it's difficult for me to watch NXT, and it's very weird for me to say because when the quote-unquote war first started between AEW and NXT, I was an NXT guy. I, you know, it took me a little while to give AEW a chance, but right now, here we are, you know, uh, a year and a half later, and all I watch on Wednesdays is AEW. Uh, like Michelle and I will talk about later, uh, I'll put NXT on mute on my computer and sort of glance down at it, you know, as the night goes on, but it's not something that I'm actively watching. Um, so uh, I think it'd be best for NXT to move nights. And, you know, there's a rumor that it might happen with the Peacock deal. We'll have to wait and see, but uh, I think it'd be great because, you know, if 1.3 million people are watching NXT and AEW on Wednesdays, if one of those shows was gone, maybe those people who watch NXT would move over to AEW and you'll get, you know, 1.3 million watching on Wednesdays. And then, you know, whatever night NXT would go to, ideally, the people who were watching AEW on Wednesdays now, if it's unopposed, will tune into NXT as well because uh, both shows are great. It's just AEW is it's just something different and something fresh and something new. And I think that's why it uh, captures most people. And, um, you know, that's, that's, that's not a bad thing. It's just something that's a fact really. And, uh, I think NXT would definitely benefit from being on a different night than AEW. Uh, speaking of AEW, I know I touched on it a little last week. Um, I wanted to say it again, just because it was that great. The wedding segment with Miro, Kip Sabian and Penelope Ford was tremendous. Uh, my favorite part of that was, uh, Miro, obviously, everybody knows he's done that before. He's gotten married on TV, uh, I think on Total Divas once, and then maybe on Raw once or twice. Um, so it was really, really cool that like he was smart to it. You know, he, 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 he when the the present was there, he knew or he thought at least somebody was in the present, and you know, he just he, he was just smart, and I liked that and. It doesn't insult the intelligence of the fans because we all know he's been in wedding angles before. So to have him there and, you know, uh, just coming off as intelligent was really good. And then, you know, Orange Cassidy jumping out of the cake. Uh, even Miro kind of knew something was up and he got handcuffed to the bottom rope. So, uh, you know, nobody looks stupid in that. And Orange Cassidy coming out of the cake was tremendous. He was the perfect guy to do that and, you know, to be standing there giving the thumbs up was was really cool to see and i'm excited for an eventual miro versus orange cassidy match i think miro should win it i think miro needs to be booked like the beast that he is and i think that eventually he should be going to going after the aew title and uh hopefully one day winning it um i'm not suggesting anytime soon because kenny omega is doing really great stuff but uh you know, eventually Miro has to be the AEW champion. Um, also, guys, I tweeted out uh, earlier in the week 
that I reached out to a dream guest here on the podcast. I'm not announcing who it is. I'm hoping by next week I can announce who that dream guest is. But um, follow me on my social medias at BrianChairs7, at TLChairsPod, uh, on Instagram at TLChairsPod, YouTube, search tables, ladders, and chairs, the podcast. I'll be announcing that as soon as everything's confirmed. I wanted to put it out there because I was really happy with the result of the email that I sent. And I'm just really excited about this possibility. Uh, It would definitely be my biggest guess for sure. Um, It's a name, everybody. If you're listening to this podcast, then I'm pretty sure you know this person without a doubt. So I definitely, uh, I'm excited and I can't wait to you know, uh, announce a little bit more and announce who this person is, who this mystery guest is, but continue listening to the podcast. Hopefully next week I'll have more information. Uh, but if not tune into all my socials and eventually I will put that information out there. But guys, before we get to the interview with Michelle, let's hear a word from our sponsors. Joining me right now is my first ever female guest. The woman who has put up with my wrestling fandom the most my wife, Michelle. Michelle, welcome to the show. Thank you. Happy to be here on the uh, seventh episode, the Valentine's Day special. Yes. Um, full disclosure again, I tweeted this out, but I drunkenly promised you this spot <laughs> uh, back on New Year's Eve, and you did not let me forget it. I uh, did not. I'm yeah. excited to be on it. I'm happy you're excited. And uh, like I said before, I don't know where this conversation is going to go. I don't know what is going to be said, what's going to be talked about, but I'm looking forward to this. Me either. Guess we'll find out together. Yes. Um, also, this is the first time we are together. I'm interviewing somebody sitting right next to me. So we're using one microphone. So I have no way to mute anything. So if we have to cough or clear our throats, you're going to hear that. So <laughs> just bear with us. Um, anyway, Michelle, let's start here where I start with everybody. How did you become a fan of wrestling? Well, the first time I was watching uh, wrestling, I was about seven years old. My neighbor, who was also my age, was a big wrestling fan, and I used to go over to her house and watch it. Um, she had a few wrestling buddies, so her and I would wrestle around with the buddies, and uh, you're going to hate to hear this, but we'd bring them in the pool. Oh my God, that's I know, so bad. I know. <laughs> I'm even wearing my major wrestling figure podcast. If Cardona and Myers heard that, He's you'd be done right for. Now. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Somebody go check on him. Um, yeah, she had a Hogan, the Million Dollar Man, and the one I always picked, who was Jake the Snake. Okay. Um, then she moved about a year later, and I didn't really get back into wrestling until about 2012, when I went to a WrestleMania 28 party. Okay. I remember it was uh, Rock vs. Cena in the main event, and that the host had a CM Punk cake. <laughs> <laughs> nice. CM Punk wrestled Jericho that night for the title, and um, I believe he retained um, I also went to an indie show that uh, PWS had put on in November of 2012. And I remember someone by the name of Starman jumping off of the, oh my God, the... The top rope? No, the balcony? In the, no, in the gym. The, the, um... Like the basketball hoop? <laughs> no, the bleachers. The bleachers, okay. Yeah, and everyone was following him around the whole... Uh, whole gym did you cheering follow him? for him of course oh my god of course you did of course <laughs> I don't even think my friends followed him but I was into it <laughs> yeah I, I can see uh, was that your idea to go to that show or was that somebody no, else's no it was somebody else's but uh it was fun Colt Cabana was there Kevin Owens 
um, and Mr. Belding from Save by the Bell got to ring the bell. So that was pretty awesome. Nice. Um, you mentioned Jake the Snake Roberts and his wrestling buddy. Uh, was he your favorite wrestler as a kid? Um, nope. Um, my favorite wrestler as a kid was The Rock and Jeff Hardy. Okay, nice, nice. What years were that? Oh, my God. Like, were, were you, was that the 90s or was that uh, early yeah, that, 90s, late 90s? That was, that was probably the early 90s with that okay. but you know I didn't I didn't really get into wrestling fully until I met you okay in 2013 and of course you know at first I just wanted to impress you <laughs> but as time went on it worked it did right? yes. <laughs> as time went on I started to actually you know enjoy it and understand it more and before I knew it you were teaching me how to spit water off the balcony like triple h <laughs> <laughs> I remember that I own uh several WWE shirts and I remember a downstairs neighbor actually came knocking on our door once because we were pop up power bombing each other on balloons and he wanted to make sure we were okay. <laughs> if anybody's listening to this podcast, then you're not a wrestling fan, which is very unlikely, but the term pop up power bombing each other sounds pretty dirty. So <laughs> we, we were not doing anything dirty or illegal. We were practicing Kevin Owens finisher on each other. Exactly. <laughs> my oh. God, what is life? You took me to my first show. It was an amazing one. I wouldn't say amazing. It was it was a good one, but it was amazing to me because it was my first That's true. one. Yep. One I'll always remember. Do you remember where it was? Uh nope, I don't remember. Uh Bridgeport? Yep. Connecticut. Yep. Okay. It was in Bridgeport, uh March twenty first, uh, two thousand fourteen. I remember the I remember a couple things from that night, but my favorite thing <laughs> that you have ever done probably. Uh, it was the first time you saw wrestling live, mm -hmm. and the opening match was Sheamus versus Alberto Del Rio, and Sheamus is the first person to come through the curtain, and when he came through the curtain, can you please tell everybody what you said? <laughs> oh, this is embarrassing. I said, he's real. <laughs> yes, he's real. She was so shocked to see a live wrestler in person and not on TV. She was doubting that he was even a real human being. It was a little strange, you know, not seeing too many celebrities, and then just seeing it on TV and then to be in person and see Seamus. I was just excited. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. It's funny that you're excited to see Seamus of all people, but he was the first person <laughs> who came out. <laughs> uh, that card also had the Wyatts versus the Shield on it. Yeah. And also uh, John Cena versus Randy Orton in a steel cage for the title. So yeah, I guess looking back, that wasn't uh, that bad of a show. It was pretty good. It was good. Definitely. Um, probably the biggest show you ever went to uh, was in 2019. You want to talk about that? Yeah, we went to WrestleMania 35. And uh, that's quite the experience. I loved it. I was a little nervous going into it and wasn't too sure what to expect. But um, I wouldn't change a thing about that night. It was... Uh, You're going to get heat for saying that because um, people who listen to this show, uh, my buddies Jose, who was on the show uh, a couple weeks ago, and my buddy Mike, who refused to come on the show until I could see him in person, um, <laughs> they didn't like that WrestleMania. They get on me all the time about, and I will stay by, stand by this, Kofi Kingston winning the title at WrestleMania 35 is a top five WrestleMania moment. So anything positive you say about that WrestleMania, I'm sure you're going to get uh, some hate from those two on Twitter. But oh well, who cares? <laughs> That's all right. One hasn't even been on this show and the other one's a Bray fan. So we can't all agree. <laughs> <laughs> My God, shots fired. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. 
but yeah, all my all my favorites one, like you said, Kofi, Becky, Seth, we had the Iconics, we got to see Batista and Kurt Angle's last matches, and I just, you know, love the energy of 82,000 people screaming and what I wouldn't give to have that back in the current year. Absolutely. I definitely agree with that. Um, it was definitely a uh, great show. I had a lot of fun. Um, when I, I got a little story for the listeners here too. Oh God. <laughs> so about Kofi, we were several beers in and pretty hyped up and Brian decides to pick me up and swing me in a circle <laughs> and then proceeded to accidentally drop me on the chairs in front of me. <laughs> I had a huge bruise on my leg, which I didn't feel luckily to the next day because we ended up being stuck out in the pouring rain for three hours waiting for an Uber it was so bad we actually hid in a porta potty at one point to get out of the rain. We did, we did, and oh. I think the uh, cherry on top of that story is we uh, fast forward a couple of months and we find out that my <laughs> uncle and my cousin were there, and my uncle did not go to the show, but he sat in the parking lot until the show was over to drive my cousin home. <laughs> so my uncle was sitting probably, you know couple football fields away while we were standing there in the pouring rain so it, it was uh it makes for a good story it definitely does memorable it, one yes absolutely um that was back then we know that you started watching wrestling you know back then the rock jeff hardy are your favorites you had the wrestling buddies you went to wrestlemania you went to a house show or two currently today we can't go to shows because of covid and everything that's going on right now but as far as watching it on TV, what is your favorite thing happening in wrestling today? Um, so I really have been liking Derby Allen lately. Wow, I, I did not expect that. Yeah. I, I, go ahead. I like how he's teaming up with Sting, and you know, I just think he's really good and has a lot of uh, potential to still tap into. And you know, now that he's getting the rub from Sting, it can only help him out more. Definitely, definitely. And uh, uh, I'm surprised by your answer. I thought you were going to go, you know, something very girly like uh, Randy Orton or say something like John Cena, who's not even on the show anymore, but uh, <laughs> I, you've been watching AEW and uh, that, that that's where we're going to start, I guess. Um, Darby is very unique. I, I tweeted this out on Wednesday too. Uh, he's very unique. He reminds me a lot of Jeff Hardy. He has he like does. that really uh, unique charisma and I, I really do enjoy watching him. And uh, it's funny because he's not my type of wrestler. He's not typically somebody that I get into. I, I never was a fan of Sting. Um, still, I'm not that big of a fan of Sting, but I usually gravitate towards the guys like Shawn Michaels, Dolph Ziggler, Chris Jericho, uh, and Darby Allen does not fit into that at all. But for some reason, uh, it's probably just his uniqueness, but he stands out to me and I do like him. Indeed. Definitely. Uh, yeah, Darby is going to be wrestling, is teaming with Sting, wrestling Team Taz, Ricky Starks, and Brian Cage on March 7th at AEW Revolution. Um, it's going to be Sting's first match since 2015 when he got injured with Seth Rollins in the ring. Oh. Um, so who do you think is going to win that coming up at the pay-per-view? Definitely Darby Allen. And Sting? And Sting. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. He, Like you said, he hasn't been there since 2015. And, you know, I, you I don't I have agree. a celebrity of that degree come back and not win it. He's a celebrity now. He's oh, a wrestler. A, a wrestler, sorry. No, that's all right. That's all right. I love this so much. We'll cut that. No, no that's staying in. That's staying in. But yes, Darby Allen and Sting, I agree, will beat Team Taz at AEW Revolution. It's only going to get better from here, guys. 
Oh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Um, before we continue, I guess this is a good spot to throw in. We have a couple listener questions here. Um, before we get into the wrestling uh, news from the week, let's go to these listener questions. All right. What do we got? Uh, the first question we have here is for, from at MDG915 on Twitter. And he wants to know, what do you do for the three hours that Brian watches Raw every single Monday? Hashtag <laughs> TL Cherish Pod. <laughs> um, I usually sit on the couch with Brian, watch the parts of the show that, you know, interest me. And the other parts I'll, you know, play on my phone or go in the kitchen and bake something. <laughs> I'll paint or uh, occasionally I can go in the bedroom and rearrange my whole closet because I know I have a few hours before Brian will notice that I pulled everything apart. <laughs> yep. Yep. This is true. Sorry. Okay. Um, the next question here is from at Siberian underscore express on Twitter. Oh boy. <laughs> How many dates before Brian told you he was a wrestling nerd? <laughs> You're a wrestling nerd? I never knew. It, it was uh, It was definitely a few dates. Um, I don't know exactly how many, but I know uh, it kept slowly increasing still to this day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I don't remember much from back then talking about wrestling with you. I'm sure if you, you saw it on my Facebook page and probably yeah. my Twitter page at the time and stuff. And I'm sure I told you like if we were talking on the phone or texting on like a Monday or whatever day SmackDown was on at that time, I probably told you I couldn't talk on the phone too much because wrestling was on, which makes me really do seem like a nerd <laughs> looking back on it. But uh, I do remember going over your house for the first time and you had several uh, pictures of you up with people. And I remember thinking, who, uh, who were these scantily clad females in some of them before I found out they were wrestlers? <laughs> yep, yep. I remember also you coming over to my house and uh, my dog's laying on the bed and you took the intercontinental title <laughs> that I had and laid it over the dog and snapped a picture of her. That I did. Yeah. So I... somewhere there's a picture of Dakota as the intercontinental champion. <laughs> I think this might embarrass you too, but I think oh, you had a cutout of Trish Stratus in your basement <laughs> once and I went down there and it scared the crap out of me. <laughs> yes. I, I want to say I still have it at my parents' house unless they've thrown it out. And actually it's funny you say that because I think since then, my mom, probably a couple of years ago, has texted me that that same Trish Stratus cutout scared the crap out of her, too, when she <laughs> went down there late at night. So uh, That's great. who knows if it's still there? Maybe she threw it out. But uh, no. who, who knows? We'll have to ask her. <laughs> uh, moving on to wrestling today. We're coming off the Royal Rumble a couple of weeks ago. It's been a big topic of conversation on, online and on this podcast. Um, Edge was the winner for the men, yes. and he... Who do you think he's going to challenge at WrestleMania for the title? Um, I think he's going to challenge Roman Reigns. He's probably the biggest star. He's on SmackDown, which is the biggest show. And I think it's just going to draw the, draw the most people in to watch. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I agree. SmackDown is the biggest show. Um, I didn't want Edge to win, but like I've said multiple times, I understand it. And right now I, I think it, you know, it could be a good thing. Um, yeah, I was rooting for Daniel Bryan myself. Yeah, same here. Um, Edge versus Roman Reigns, though, like you said, probably is the biggest match that they have uh, in terms of the three champions. 
Uh, I would like to see Edge versus Finn at some point because I think that'd be a great match. That would be. But unfortunately, I don't think there are too many people watching NXT right now where that would be a money-making match. So I do think that Edge and Roman is the best bet and the biggest match and probably most likely to happen. The thing that's weird, though, is, and if you don't know, you could say you don't want to comment on this, but (laughs) last week on SmackDown, Kevin Owens came into the ring and attacked Roman Reigns to end the show when Roman had just beat him in a last man standing match at the rumble. So uh, I thought that feud was over at the Royal rumble, but Kevin Owens came out and laid out Roman reigns um, on SmackDown. Uh, So I'm curious to see where this is all going to go. I do know we have two more pay-per-views before WrestleMania. So I ideally, or, you know, technically they can do Kevin and Roman at one of those pay-per-views and do edge and Roman at, WrestleMania, but Kevin Owens and Roman Reigns have already fought at two consecutive pay-per-views and had a steel cage match on SmackDown yeah. and Roman has beat him every time. So I don't necessarily think we need another Kevin Owens, Roman Reigns match, but it kind of looks like that's the direction it's going to head to. Yeah. It would be nice to see something a little different just because we've seen it several times, like you said, but I wouldn't be surprised if it happened again. Yeah. And I, the matches are always great whenever Roman and Kevin are in the ring, but I really don't like the idea of Kevin Owens losing a third straight pay-per-view match and a fourth straight match to Roman. I know sometimes there's been, you know, Jay Uso's got involved and stuff like that, but uh, I don't know. I, I, I kind of want to see Kevin win some matches before we get to WrestleMania. That'd be nice. Definitely. Um, speaking of winning matches, Cesaro has been getting a push on SmackDown. Uh, you're not going to be able to see that people, but she just, <laughs> just did the Cesaro fist pump. And wow, that was a sight to see. It was epic people. <laughs> he has been on a winning streak. He's beaten the likes of uh, Daniel Bryan. And I believe Dolph Ziggler in the last recent weeks. Um, that's great. You know, Cesaro for years has been considered one of the most underrated guys on the roster, if not the most underrated guy on the roster. So it's good to see him, you know, uh, winning some matches and picking up some steam. I just don't know where this is going to go. Like he's already won the Andre, the giant battle Royal um, at WrestleMania 30. So I don't really see him doing that again this year. Um, I, I think I heard that he might've just recently re-signed a contract or is about to re-sign a contract with WWE. So they're probably pushing him a little bit to get him to sign and stay. But I, I just don't see where this is going to go. And that brings me to Daniel Bryan as well. Um, I know you have been a big Daniel Bryan fan for years. I have been. Yes, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Uh, You hate to see it. He's on a losing streak now. He is. Yeah. It's it's, not pretty. (laughs) No, it's not. um, You know, I I think he's probably on his way out of WWE within the next year or two, uh, at least in a full-time active wrestling role. I don't think he'll ever leave the company per se. But um, I could see him transitioning to a producer or a coach or an agent or whatever it is backstage uh, and get out of the ring. And before the Rumble, I thought he was losing because he was going to win the Royal Rumble and go on to face Roman at WrestleMania um, in a title versus career match where Roman would win and Daniel Bryan would be forced to retire. But... I don't think that's happening now. I mean, technically, I guess it could if Edge chooses Drew McIntyre or Finn Balor. 
But um, wh- what do you think's up with Daniel's losing streak? Do you think it's going to lead to him eventually leaving the company, or do you think he is going to get a big win maybe at WrestleMania? Uh, I'd like to say he'd get a big win, but honestly, I could see him switching roles and becoming part-time or going into a manager position, like you said. Sadly, it seems like it's headed that way. Yeah, I, I said last week on the pod, I think we're heading towards maybe Daniel Bryan versus Seth Rollins at WrestleMania. And uh, the match will be great. I don't know how they're going to get to get there with the story, but if it's, you know, a great match, then I'll be happy with that. And I'm positive it will be if it actually happens. Well, there's several wrestlers that have uh, had some pretty, pretty serious losing streaks that made a comeback. So Kurt maybe- Hawkins. <laughs> That's what I was just going to say. Uh, he lost 269 matches in a row and won the tag titles at WrestleMania in his hometown with his best friend. So um, if that's not a Cinderella story, I don't know what is. Um, let, let's talk about something different. We're talking about SmackDown a little bit. Let's go over to Raw. Let me ask you before we even before I get to my point here. Before the Royal Rumble, have you ever heard of Bad Bunny? Never. You mean Bugs Bunny? Nope, Bad Bunny. <laughs> oh, Truth would say Bugs Bunny. Oh, yeah, yeah. That joke went right over my head. <laughs> Pretty much all the stuff that our truth does goes right over my head because I don't care. <laughs> but he's entertaining. Oh, man. We're, we're not even going to get on our truth. Like, our truth is not in my notes. We're not even talking about okay, truth. Okay, okay. The man has held the 24 7 title about 4,000 times. So it's old, it's boring. I want something new. Can but we anyway, talk about anyway. that last one though, where we stole it away on the from MLB Rosenberg. Yeah. On the Yes Network. Yeah. Yes Network. That was good. Yes, that, that was entertaining, but that's because I'm a fan of the Michael K show. Exactly. But um, that's, this is, we've talked for a minute about our truth. <laughs> that's about a minute too long. Uh, Bad Bunny, he's doing great for, uh, like you said, Michelle, I, I had never heard of him until the Royal Rumble. And he's doing really really good uh he, you know he he's with damian priest on raw it looks to be like kind of in his corner the kind of friendly or whatever um i think it's probably going to lead to damian priest and bad bunny versus miz and morrison at wrestlemania and uh you know good for him he's getting in there he's doing some spots he's jumping off the top rope um everywhere he's been his timing has been great like uh, last week on Raw, he stole the Money in the Bank contract and, you know, ran around the ring and, you know, tossed it to Morrison or something. So everything he's done has been really cool and really good. And there's actually a report uh, earlier this week, I believe Fightful Wrestling was the uh, the people who reported it first. Uh, Bad Bunny is bringing in a, over $500,000 in merchandise sales wow. since the Royal Rumble. Wow. Um that's in front of Roman Reigns currently. So that's insane. Yeah. So that's, that's really, you know, I I don't know who he is. He's not my type of music or anything, but he's somebody's type of music and uh, doing something, right? He's definitely doing something right. So that'll be interesting to see, Um, you know, if he keeps up what he's doing and he keeps uh, being there for his spots and, you know, working hard and not making a joke of it, then by all means, let him do a match at WrestleMania. And plus, it's really shining, putting a spotlight on Damian Priest. Uh, the other thing is Bad Bunny, I saw he has his videos from being in WWE have millions and millions of views on YouTube. And other videos that WWE puts up 
have maybe a couple hundred thousand. So he's outdrawing pretty much everybody on YouTube. So if that's going to get more eyes on Damian Priest, then that's an awesome thing. On Raw, they announced that at the Elimination Chamber pay-per-view, it's going to be AJ Styles versus Sheamus versus Miz versus Drew McIntyre versus Randy Orton versus Jeff Hardy inside the Elimination Chamber. Um, I don't really understand why this is happening. (laughs) Uh, It's so weird to have the Elimination Chamber directly after the Royal Rumble because in the Royal Rumble match, you have 30 guys competing for a chance at the title. All these guys besides Drew were in the Royal Rumble match and they didn't win. So why here we are three weeks later, you're announcing they all get a WWE title shot. You know, Edge just earned a title shot by beating 29 other guys. And then five of those 29 losers get a title shot a month later. It just doesn't really make sense. And uh, I love the chamber, but I think it'd probably be better off moving it to, you know, maybe, November at Survivor Series makes the most sense because it's a, you know, survival match. And uh, that's where it was when it originated back in 2002. But uh, anyway, Drew is defending the title. He started a feud with Sheamus two weeks ago. Uh, Out of those names I named um, Styles, Sheamus, Miz, Drew, Orton, Jeff Hardy. Who's winning the title at the Elimination Chamber? Drew, keep in mind, Drew is the champion now. And more more than likely, whoever wins at the chamber is going to take that title into WrestleMania. Hmm. Probably Styles. Really? Yeah. Okay, why is that? I think, uh, you know, Drew's had it for a while. I would have said he would have retained, but I don't know. I think Styles didn't really get, I mean, he had the spot at last WrestleMania where it was the Boneyard match. Yep. And that was good. But I feel like he needs one with a potential crowd. And I think this would be a good good spotlight on him. And I just think he's the biggest name out of those. Okay. Yeah, that's not bad. I, I think Drew's going to retain. I think Drew deserves to retain. Um, he got the short straw with the COVID thing he because that's true. he should have won the title in front of – 80,000 fans last year and he won it in front of literally nobody in the building. Um, so I'd like to see him go into mania as champ uh, just to, you know, get that moment. Cause there will be a crowd there um, smaller than 80,000, obviously, but there will be a crowd. So I'd like to see him get that. But you mentioned AJ styles, AJ styles, drew McIntyre would be a good match at WrestleMania. And maybe then I could see AJ taking the title from him. Um, uh, right now it kind of looks like it might be Sheamus and Drew McIntyre at WrestleMania. I don't want to see that. I think uh, uh, no disrespect to Sheamus, but like, that's just not a money match to me. Um, yeah. yeah. What do you, what do you think? I was thinking that's the way it might go too, but I don't really want to see that either. Yeah. I mean, when you look at these other names, uh, the Miz, he's got the money in the bank, so he'll probably cash in at some point. I'm sure Randy Orton probably will be wrestling um the fiend bray wyatt at wrestlemania and jeff hardy he really hasn't done too much uh lately uh and the only reason i think he's in it is because they are billing this as a all former WWE champion um chamber match so i I don't know i think drew retains um speaking of title matches at the chamber they've announced also that lacey evans will face oscar for the Raw Women's Championship at Elimination Chamber. 
Uh, who do you think's winning that one? Lacey. I agree. I agree. I uh, I like Lacey, but that whole storyline gives me a creepy Rick Flair vibes. <laughs> yes. Uh, it's not It's not good, but I'm afraid that they're going to have Lacey take the Raw Women's title from Asuka and then go into WrestleMania, defend it against Charlotte. Charlotte wins it. And at that time, I could see Rick turning babyface again and joining Charlotte and having that feel-good moment. Do I want to see it? No, but in my opinion... I think that might be the direction they're going. And I do not want to see uh, Lacey win the title. Um, I just, I, I don't want to see it. I, I don't, I, w- I don't mind her winning the title as champion. I don't want to see her win it and then lose it at WrestleMania sh- to Charlotte, which is the direction I think they're going. Agreed. Um, and before we move on to AEW here, and we're going to also have to preview um, NXT TakeOver Vengeance Day. But before we move on to that, I just got to say something. My hole. My hole. <laughs> My God. Naya. I was watching it in the bedroom. I was sitting there kind of fading in and out like I do at that point, uh, you know, at 1030 at night on Mondays. Uh, it's, it's a struggle to make it there. But when <laughs> she said my hole, I lost it. I must must have watched it back 30 times. You were in the other room. I was in the other room, yep. and I heard him pop so loud. He came running out to get me, rewound it, and made me watch it. <laughs> My God, I, I, I don't. Was great. Yeah, it was fantastic. I, that I don't must think have just slipped out. <laughs> I have. Oh God, I have no clue. I have no idea. I just know that it was great, and I don't think Nia Jax will ever do anything in her career as good as that moment that was phenomenal she's won the women's title before but my god <laughs> had her trending on twitter yeah got some attention so bravo to naya that was just a wonderful line and whether <laughs> she planned it or it just came out either way i loved it the internet loved it and uh wonderful <laughs> just wanted put it on a t-shirt already oh my god put it on a t-shirt she can make so much money she doesn't have to take another bump again as long as she talks about her whole we're all good <laughs> That's so long. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know how we're going to transition from Naya's hole to AEW (laughs) here, but let's give it a try. Um, The biggest story coming out of AEW Dynamite this week was, in my opinion, Sammy Guevara quits the inner circle. Uh, They've been teasing it for a while between him and MJF, going to have a breakup at some point. And it happened. I, I was expecting it to happen uh, you know, at the pay-per-view coming up, Revolution, I still think something's going to happen at Revolution. Um, you know, they're teasing or they're, I don't know if it, I think it's a tease, but they're showing us that Sammy and MJF don't get along and they are, you know, going against each other and Sammy quit the inner circle. But I think this is all a diversion to what's really going to happen at the pay-per-view. Uh, right now, the pay-per-view is scheduled to be the Young Bucks versus MJF and Chris Jericho for the tag titles. I think uh, Sammy might cost them the tag titles, but more than likely Jericho loses. He gets pinned. MJF, you know, stands up. They hug. He says he's sorry, blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, low blow MJF turns on Jericho. The inner circle all comes out to make the save, including Sammy. And then just when you think they're all standing up for Jericho, they all turn to face Jericho and there's just a massive beat down on Jericho and you know mjf is the new leader of the inner circle i think it's a work between mjf and sammy 
And I think it would be wonderful because, you know, Jericho, he's a heel, but he's also a baby face because everybody loves him. He's a legend. They sing a song. And especially now that we're transitioning into a point where more crowds will be there, more people will be there. They already sing Judas at the top of their lungs. When we have full crowds back, it's going to be incredible hearing everybody sing Judas. And I think that uh, this is all just a a turn uh, to lead to Jericho turning babyface and MJF and Sammy to an extent uh, leading the inner circle. What do you think about that? I, <laughs> that was a lot, but I, it sounds good. And I, uh, I look forward to hopefully seeing that happen. Yeah. I, I think it would be good. I think that'd be good. If not, that's how it should have happened. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. Uh, speaking of other things that we'll see uh, the forbidden door. I'm sure you aren't familiar with what the forbidden door is. I, I didn't do really know, know about it until last night. What's that? I do not know. Yeah. Uh, so a little backstory, new Japan pro wrestling and AEW once the young bucks kenny omega left new japan that and formed aew um the relationship between aew and new japan was broken new japan was not happy with them leaving and not resigning with them so you know they haven't been working together mm-hmm. however the forbidden door has now been open because kenta has started to appear on aew and kenta is a new japan I did know that. Yes. Yes. And John Moxley, who's an AEW guy, is on New Japan. Uh, coming up at the end of this month, it's actually Kenta versus Moxley for New Japan, I believe, for their United States title. Um, I could be wrong. It might be their Intercontinental title, but one of their titles they're facing each other for. So the Forbidden Door is now open. At least it's cracked a little bit. And I think it's a good thing. Um AEW has been working, you know, not just with New Japan, but also with, you know, NWA, with Thunder Rosa, um, and obviously Impact Wrestling with the Good Brothers on TV, uh, and also their AEW sends Private Party and Matt Hardy over to Impact. So it's really uh, a good thing to see when you watch WWE for so long, and it's just a monopoly of one company uh, you know, controlling everything. And I'm not saying it's wrong or bad at all. It's nice um, to see something different. Yes. And the extra creative freedom there. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, that's why a lot of guys in the last couple of years have left WWE. If they weren't released from a the contract, they're asking like John Moxley, he just let his contract expire because he wanted more creative freedom. Uh, you look at, like, look at him now. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. You look at him, you look at, you know, Matt Cardona, he, got let go but he now has built this whole brand that him and brian myers have built and it's all because they have the creative freedom now that they're not with the wwe and uh sometimes creative freedom is more than is worth more than money and we're starting to see that these days especially with this you know quote-unquote forbidden door that tony khan and the uh, leaders and um you know the office at new japan have created do you think WWE will ever network with everybody else? Or do you think that it'll just kind of stay as it is, at least while Vince is in control? Yeah, um, that's that's it. That's the million dollar question. Triple H has been quoted as saying, you know, the door's always open to work with people. Right. But at some point, it's not his decision. So I, I think you hit the nail on the head. I think as long as Vince is around and still in creative control, I don't think that it's going to happen. Yeah. Um, you know, we're, we're talking about AEW before, uh, 
Uh, Kenny Omega continues to be amazing. They did a thing on Wednesday where uh, he had this huge match, a no disqualification lights out match uh, in the main event. And prior to that, they did a thing where he teamed or he went golfing uh, and, you know, played it off as he didn't really care about the match and he was fully prepared. And, you know, for years, people have said Kenny Omega is the best wrestler in the world. So why wouldn't he be, you know, prepared and relaxed enough to go golfing, you know, uh, a couple hours before his match? Um I've been saying that for weeks here on the pod that Roman Reigns is the best performer in wrestling today. And I still believe that, but man, Kenny Omega is a very, very close, uh, close second. And uh, that's, that's a dream match right there. Roman and Kenny, maybe one day we'll get it. Fingers crossed. Definitely. (laughs) Um, You know, AEW on Wednesday was good. It always is good. I'm always, I can't ever, it's really hard for me to switch from AEW to NXT. A lot of the times I'll put NXT, you know, on my laptop on mute and just let it play in the background and I'll kind of watch it, you know, as I remember that it's on. <laughs> but uh, this yeah. is a good example of how his uh, love of wrestling keeps increasing. It was one show, then it was Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and now it's two TVs. Yeah. I think you even had an iPad in the bathroom for a guest at WrestleMania one year when we had company over. This is true. <laughs> this is true. I didn't want anyone to miss. It's WrestleMania. <laughs> um, real quick here. This Sunday is Valentine's Day. Live on the WWE Network, we have NXT TakeOver Vengeance Day. Um, I'll run down the card real quick, and then if you want to give a couple thoughts on who you think are going to win any of the matches. Uh, we got Finn Balor, the champion, defending against Pete Dunne. Io Shirai, the women's champion, defending against Mercedes Martinez Tony and Tony Storm. Uh, the North American titles on the line is champion Johnny Gargano takes on Kushida. And then we also have the men's and women's Dusty Cups happening. In the women's side, we have Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez versus Shotzi Blackheart and Ember Moon. And on the men's side, we have the Grizzled Young Vets taking on MSK. Um, this takeover is a lot different than most takeovers that we've seen. Um, you know, with the exception of Johnny Gargano, Finn Balor and Pete Dunn, and I guess EO to an extent, a lot of new names and a lot of fresh names on this card. And, uh, it's funny. Cause like looking at this on paper, yes, I'm excited for Finn Balor and Pete Dunn, but besides that, I'm not too thrilled about the rest but you know what that's a good thing because it's time for nxt to make new stars i feel like for the longest time they've relied on you know gargano champa um adam cole adam cole and the undisputed air is not even on this card um that's huge so let's see who steps up um as far as the matches go finn balor pete dunn who do you think is winning that finn balor I agree. I think it's going to be an awesome match. I love Pete Dunne. I think he's great. Um, I just don't think it's his time to win the NXT title just yet, especially with Finn as the champion. Uh, EO defending against Mercedes Martinez and Tony Storm. Um, do you have any idea who Mercedes Martinez is? I do not know, but I know who Tony Storm is, and she's my pick. She's your pick? Okay. You think we'll see a new NXT Women's Champion? Okay. Um you know, like I said before, full disclosure, I, I've been watching AEW mostly on Wednesdays. It's very hard for me to watch and follow NXT and to know exactly what's going on. Uh, I'm going to say, Io. you know, I want to say EO retains, but I already have Finn retaining. So I, 
God, man. I would not be surprised if Mercedes Martinez actually won. Uh, she's been around for years and years and years, finally getting her shot. I, I don't know if you know this. She was supposed to be in retribution on uh. Raw. <laughs> she literally showed up the first day or the second day, saw how bad it was, and said, I don't want to be a part of this, <laughs> well, and got herself, <laughs> got herself sent back to NXT. And now she's wrestling for the title, so good on her. Absolutely. Definitely. Uh, Jardy Gargano defends the North American title against Kushida. I think it's Kushida's time. He's come uh, over here from Japan probably two years ago now, maybe a little longer, maybe a little under, but give or take two years. And uh, I think it's his time. I think he's going to win the title. I agree. It's his time, but I still think Johnny's going to keep it. Okay. Okay. And then with the uh, Dusty Cup, they've both been happening for the last couple of weeks. Um, I guess we'll start with the women. Dakota Kai, Raquel Gonzalez for Shotzi Blackheart and Ember Moon. Shotzi is a star. She is going to be, you know, one of the next big women stars for WWE, in my opinion. But I think Dakota and Raquel take it. Raquel just beat up Rhea Ripley a couple weeks ago. We haven't seen Rhea on NXT since then. She showed up in the Rumble. We still haven't seen her anywhere since then. But uh, Raquel is a dominating force and Dakota Kai is great. They give a lot of uh, Shawn Michaels and Diesel vibes from like, you know, 1995. So I like that. Um, so my pick is Dakota and Raquel. What about you? I could see that. Yeah. I think you said it best. Yep. And then um, in the final match here, we got MSK versus the Grizzled Young Vets in the men's side of the Dusty Cup. Uh, I, I'm familiar with the Grizzled Young Vets. They've been in NXT UK for a while now. MSK is a new team. I believe they were in TNA. Um, I'm not even going to try to remember who they were because I honestly <laughs> didn't don't remember and when i say tna i mean impact wrestling but uh i've seen a lot of fanfare for them um their matches are you know they're impressive they're flying all over the ring and uh i, I think msk is going to take it they're the new hot team in nxt so i think uh i think they're going to get the victory not gonna lie i don't know either of them so i'm not gonna throw out a random name here sounds good and uh speaking of pay-per-views before we move on to uh, our top 10 list and some rapid fire questions i do want to say this we don't talk about it too much on the pod but i just want to mention it this saturday and michelle you don't have to comment on this because i think (laughs) i threw this into my notes earlier today and you have no idea but this saturday is impact wrestling no surrender live on pay-per-view like i said before i don't really watch impact that much but i am familiar with it lately because i uh, am a huge fan of uh, as I mentioned before, Brian Myers, Matt Cardona, they're both in Impact Wrestling and they are actually facing each other on pay-per-view this Saturday at No Surrender. It's uh, Brian Myers and Hernandez versus Matt Cardona and Eddie Edwards. Um, I'm going to say Myers and Hernandez win. Uh, I know Cardona is on kind of like a, uh, a part-time deal where, you know, he's working taping to taping. So I don't... Uh, I don't think he's going to win anything long-term, but it should be a good match. Uh, also, we have the Good Brothers defending the Impact Tag Titles against Chris Sabin and James Storm and Private Party of AEW. I think the Good Brothers retain. Again, we talked about that Forbidden Door earlier. Private Party is an AEW team. They're on Impact Wrestling, taking on an Impact team. I don't think Private Party is going to win the titles. Uh, the Good Brothers are going to retain that. And then the last thing I just wanted to mention it is going to be 
this Saturday, no surrender, is February 13th. And that will be the 50th birthday of Tommy Dreamer. Uh. And Tommy Dreamer at No Surrender is wrestling for the Impact Heavyweight Championship against Rich Swan. Okay. I haven't talked about this on the podcast at all. I used to referee for House of Hardcore. Tommy Dreamer ran House of Hardcore. Him and two wrestlers, uh, Vic Delicious, Hal Collins, they trained me. I'm forever grateful to all three of them for that opportunity. And uh, with that said, I really, 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 really would think it's really cool. It's a lot of reallys, <laughs> but I think it'd be awesome to see Tommy Dreamer win a heavyweight title on his 50th birthday. Um, say what you want about him. You know, he's he never like a top guy or anything, but uh, that guy breathes professional wrestling more than pretty much anybody I've ever met. And to still be doing this at 50, to still get a chance at a title at 50 obviously obviously if he wins it it's not going to be anything long term he'll probably lose it the next day at the tapings or the next week or whatever and i'm fine with that um if they even have like maybe a money in the bank concept somebody cashes in on him or whatever fine but just to give him that moment to win the title on his 50th birthday i think would be really cool and uh really really cool <laughs> really really cool so yeah that would be cool to see and uh, i hope it happens for him that'd be nice definitely um, now it's time to do some rapid fire questions, Michelle. This has been a great time hanging out with you and talking. Uh, basically, I'm just going to throw out a question right. and rapid fire. First thing that you can think of. Let's go. All right, here we go. First question. Favorite wrestler now? Orange Cassidy and Daniel Bryan. Two wrestlers. Oh, my <laughs> God. <laughs> do you know the rules of rapid fire? I make my own rules. Oh, my God. <laughs> Favorite pay-per-view event? Here's another one with two answers. So going to would be WrestleMania. Watching on TV would be Royal Rumble. I got to get you the book on how to do rapid <laughs> fire because you clearly don't know the rules. Uh, oh. Dream wrestler to meet. Uh, Stone Cold. Okay. I like that. Favorite action figure out of my collection. Again, I have two more answers. <laughs> so you have your classic superstars, Shawn Michaels, because he's your first figure and it's sentimental. But as far as toyetic figures, I would go Becky Lynch or Charlotte Flair Ultimate. Okay, I'll take that. I'll take that. That Charlotte Ultimate is very underrated. It is. And uh, that Shawn Michaels classic. He wasn't my first figure, but it was the one that I loved the most as a kid. He wasn't your... <laughs> Eight years, people. I thought it was his first no, figure. No, he wasn't. That figure came out in like 2004. Oh, man. Oh, he wasn't my first figure. You're talking about the one you got me for Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. So, I thought he had this since he was seven. I looked on the internet, found this figure, was shocked that they had a figure from when he was seven and bought it for him. Yep. And just found out now it came out in the 2000s. But it was my favorite, favorite figure. Okay. And to the point where I do have it loose out of box. And when I would wrestle and referee, I would carry it in my gear bag because I, you know, that Shawn Michaels, the guy that made me want to be in wrestling and Absolutely. I would carry it. But uh, over the years, it's like kind of yellow and stuff just from being so old. So I, I really appreciate that figure you got me. And uh, it's clearly in my detail right behind us in a nice prominent display. Absolutely. Um, favorite moment you saw live? WrestleMania. What moment from that was your favorite? <sighs> Kofi winning. Yes, Absolutely. Kofi Mania running Making wild. Making history brother. there. Definitely. Um if they could make a pop figure of anybody who doesn't have one, who would you like to see? Ooh, me. No. <laughs> I'm talking wrestling here. Uh, I think a Dobie Allen one would be cool. 
That would be cool. I, I think he's he's as as they say he's toyetic. Yes. So it'll be cool. Um, and since it's Valentine's Day this weekend, we're about to do a top ten list. But before we get to that, the final rapid fire question: favorite wrestling couple? Ooh. Mm. Liz and Macho. Okay. Absolutely. I thought you were going to say Chelsea and Matt Cardona because you and Chelsea have somewhat become best friends, but she's my Instagram buddy there. (laughs) Yeah, there you go. But uh, Macho and Liz, perfect, perfect. Um, All right, guys, it's time for the weekly top 10 list. Every week, I'll give my guests a top 10 list designed and catered specifically to them. This week, we've got my wife, Michelle. And since it's Valentine's Day this Sunday, she'll be giving us her top 10 list of the best love storylines in wrestling. Michelle, are you ready? I'm ready. All right, let's do this. Um, I have a list here too. So why don't you give your list if you're unsure or I debate anything, I'll let you give your list first and then we'll go back and kind of break down everything. Sounds good. All right, go ahead. Start at 10? Yeah, start at 10. So for the pure humor in it, I picked Mark Henry and Mae Young. Okay, (laughs) number nine? Number nine is John Cena and Nikki Bella just because it didn't really end you know, it was a good love story, but didn't end didn't end good. Okay. Number eight, Mandy Rose and Otis. <laughs> okay. Gotta love those spot there where uh, Mandy fell out of the ring and old Otis rolled out under the ring and caught her. Rumble last year, yep. <laughs> yep. Uh, seven, I have Edge and Vicky. Six, I have um, Daniel Bryan, AJ Lee, and CM Punk. Five, Chris Jericho, Christian, and Trish Stratus. Yep. Number four, Matt Hardy, Lita, and Edge. Three, Triple H and Stephanie. Two, my favorite couple, Daniel Bryan and Brie Bella. Wait, wait, besides, wait. Besides the, the iconic couple. Okay. I was going to say, we just had a all segment right, right. where you said. <laughs> they're my favorite in the sense that they're cute and Right. I like what Daniel stands for. All for right, I, I'll give you a pass on that. So give us drum roll. Number Mac- one. Macho Man and Liz. Okay. You can't beat it. That's true. That's true. I don't really have too much of a debate with your list. I will say, um, doing a little research for this, it's very hard to come up with a top 10 list um, of the best times that WWE or wrestling in general has done love stories right. Because typically... Um, they do them wrong and I, I have a list of all these horrible horrible love storylines that they've done and uh, there definitely are more bad than good so I'll give you credit for coming up with a good top 10 list for the most part um, you know I thought you were going to pick your uh, your number one as uh, Bobby Lashley and Lana there I know how much you love that story oh my god I hated that <laughs> That, that's got to be number one on the worst love stories they've ever done and nothing against you know Lashley and Lana it's just like was she a lesbian was she with Bobby was she with Rusev like come on like just have some continuity and they didn't even execute it to an end they just dropped it just dropped it yeah I, who knows who knows maybe her and Liv are still dating we don't know <laughs> we don't know because they never explained it but yeah um, as far as good ones go obviously Macho and Liz definitely number one the most iconic and the best love story in wrestling history. Um, you mentioned Triple H and Stephanie. They have to be there at two or three because, you know, they they run things now. And uh, 
where things could have went really wrong and really bad for Triple H if it didn't work out. Um, It worked out and, you know, it's good for him. Good power couple. Definitely. Um, You mentioned one of my personal favorites, Jericho, Trish, and Christian. You know, uh, Jericho and Christian had a bet for one dollar Canadian, <laughs> Canadian. <laughs> that uh you know they could hook up with Trish or Lita before the other guy and uh it turned into a really great story culminating at WrestleMania 20 uh Trish turned heel I think younger me 14 year old me didn't see that coming but now <laughs> looking back on it I could totally see where they were building up to that and why that would happen but uh I was hooked with that um you mentioned obviously Matt Lita and Edge did I talk about that already um I don't think I did. I don't think you did I think either. I skipped over that one. Yeah. Matt Leading and Edge, that's definitely a top five for me as well. Um, taking real life events and, you know, making it uh, into a storyline. Uh, wrestling's always the best when it's real. And that was, it didn't get more real than that. I remember Matt already showed up one time in the IZOD Center and uh, he was fired at the time. And he showed up and he jumped the barricade and attacked Edge. And it was one of the first times I remember anybody like on WTV like using like their real names like he was like screw you Adam screw you I hate you Adam and he kept saying Adam and security was there and they were like pulling him out of the building and like I was like oh shit like is this is this real is like they're blurring the lines so well and yeah. turns out you know he was signed back to WWE at the time and it was part of the storyline but it was really really good um and then the other one you mentioned that I really enjoyed recently is Otis and Mandy. You mentioned that Royal Rumble spot and uh, that was really cool, really good. And it had a crowd, which was awesome. Um, I've said before, I'll say it again. Every time, everybody in that storyline, Otis, Mandy, Sonia, Ziggler, all did great. I loved it. And it really, really sucked that one Dolph Ziggler's first and only singles match at WrestleMania happened without a crowd. And two, that moment with Otis and Mandy finally getting together happened without a crowd because last year's WrestleMania, if there was a crowd, dare I say that moment, the, the Mandy running when her music hit in that match, the place would have went nuts. And then the moment where they kiss at the end of the match, (laughs) dare I say that would have been the pop of the night bigger than edge's entrance bigger than drew winning the title that would have been the moment from wrestlemania 36 that everybody would remember and uh we got robbed of that without a crowd we did we did yeah well while we wind things down here um valentine's day is sunday uh it was great having you on Uh, (laughs) great coming from one room into the man cave here to be on (laughs) yeah absolutely um um I'm happy you came on. You know, I, I was unsure what this episode was going to be, but we're here winding in on an hour here. And uh, this has been, this has been a good talk and uh, thank you for coming on. Thank you. Yeah, no problem. Before I, what's that? Remember this when you make more drunken bets, (laughs) drunken promises. (laughs) Oh God. I have to remember this. Hope I didn't embarrass you too much. No, you did great. You did great. And um, before you get out of here, do you want to plug anything? I know you're not you're not crazy about. Yeah, you info, can follow but... me on uh, Twitter at Seven Michelle Lynn, or Instagram at Michelle M E S H E L L My Bell Seven. Awesome, awesome, Michelle. Thank you so much for doing this. Thank you. Happy Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day, babe. A huge thank you to my Valentine, my wife, Michelle, 
for doing the podcast this week. Uh, full disclosure, she was very nervous going into this. Uh, she was worried she was going to you know, sound foolish or stumble over her words or say the wrong thing. Uh, but Michelle, if you're listening to this, you did wonderful. Uh, it was a blast sitting down with you and talking some wrestling. I, I truly didn't know what we were going to get out of this, but uh, I, you know, I, I was interested to see that you suggested AJ Styles could possibly win the title at the Elimination Chamber. Um, you know, I don't see it, but you know what? Uh, it, it was nice to see you thinking outside the box, though. So that was cool, um, guys. Follow me on Twitter at BrianChairs7, at TLChairsPod, on Instagram at TLChairsPod. You can find us on YouTube. Just search Tables, Ladders, and Chairs, the podcast. Rate, review, subscribe. We're available wherever you get your podcast: Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Follow, retweet, um, subscribe. I think I already said that, but anything you guys can do to help me out, I appreciate it. I thank you so much for everybody who has retweeted or followed or subscribed left a review on apple podcast those reviews on apple podcast are big so please 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 go on apple podcast leave me a review like i said i can't thank you enough um guys until next friday enjoy valentine's day happy valentine's day we'll see you next week